And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another road edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. Marcus Thompson, I'm speeding us through this podcast. Places to go, things to do, nightlife in uh, Brooklyn. No Warriors practice tomorrow either. Uh, blowout win for the Warriors. I would say the best win to date. One seventeen ninety nine ninety nine. Not gonna sleep on them Chicago Bulls, baby. Yeah, I mean the, the Bulls went down to L A and went L A sweep. <laughs> but you know the other two options would have been the two L A teams, right? They beat the Lakers opening night, Clippers in their home opener. But you're not gonna you're not gonna sleep on the Charlotte Hornets, baby. Uh, and Charlotte got them yeah, back. That's an L two. This is the best one. Um, you know, Kevin Durant and James Harden coming off a 5-1 and one road trip. Uh, Durant obviously, you know, was playing absurd offensive basketball to this point. Um, but the Warriors beat them, really beat them with defense in the third quarter, only gave up 18 third quarter points. Um, there are many reasons for that. Um, but Steve Kerr, the day before in Manhattan after practice, mentioned, you know, they were the best defense in the league. But he, he you know, he said they played great team defense to this point, but he still didn't think they'd played necessarily great individual defense stop your man and that is kind of the test with this team um but wiggins on harden draymond on durant they were really good individually and the crazy part was like he said that almost as like a challenge and then they end up answering the bell right in like a crazy way uh that was just that was that was impressive you know not you know, I'm joking about the Bulls and, and the Hornets, but it wasn't just just that they won. It was how they did it. They just completely overwhelmed Brooklyn. You you know it's a good night when Steph is off the floor and the Warriors press on the gas, right? That it was it was a Warriors win in so many ways. It's crazy. They didn't even shoot the three well. It was like just Steph. So so much of this was just like the the perfect Warriors win, like how they want to draw it up, right? Like play defense, make enough mistakes and have enough things to work on and Steve Kerr can still like get in you so you don't get too far ahead of yourself but still win the game. And and Steph gave the fans a treat because it was, it was a lot of Warriors fans in there, a lot of Steph fans. Yeah, it, a lot of this – it's starting to feel 2015, 2016. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. It's, it's, you know, I, 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 I keep pausing before you make the comparison because that was like such high. You know what I'm saying? It was like the top of everything, but no question. Like the way this crowd was reacting, it felt like how crowds reacted back then. I mean, they were literally going to, at the end of the game in the fourth quarter where they're literally rising, standing. Like when Steph is dribbling the ball up the court, like please shoot a three, like that's that that was peak Warriors like dynasty type stuff. And this was this probably had a more surprising twist to it because you have Kevin Durant in the building who might have entered the night as the MVP favorite, though I think Steph would have taken that over at this point. But 
you know, he's in the building and the Brooklyn fans, well, you know, fans who live in Brooklyn, at least, even if they're not Brooklyn fans, That's um, are chanting MVP. But, I mean, it was like that in Charlotte, which is, you know, the place you expect it more, obviously, because of where Steph's from. But, you know, both these road crowds that you've been in both games have felt like that. But I wanted to go back to the defense. Uh, you know, I think this is a credit to to – Draymond, obviously, what he did individually on Durant, but also Wiggins because it's interesting. Brooklyn starts small. They have Patty Mills in the starting line. Joe Harris is out. Um, You would normally have Wiggins start on Durant. I think that's what the Warriors would prefer to do. You would want Draymond as the free safety, the quarterback. Um, You know, it's why Wiggins guards LeBron. It's why Wiggins guards Kawhi. You know, name your star wing. Paul George now that Kawhi's out. Um, But they need Wiggins on Harden because, you know, the, the matchups were jumbled. Brooklyn's super small. You know, Wiggins made the most sense, much more sense than than Curry or Poole on Harden. So because of that, you downshift or you know you put um, Draymond on on KD, and I don't know which of those two you want to talk about because I think they're both deserving to be talked about. But Draymond was terrific, uh, you know, contesting everything from Kevin, reading actions, and then Wiggins like yeah, he does look like the knee. It might have been an issue early in the season because he's bouncing again. He's looking like last season Wiggins. And last season Wiggins got all defensive second team votes. Last season Wiggins. Wow, he's back. I think he actually looks a little bit better than last season Wiggins. Not offensively, but how smart he's playing. Uh, let's look at James Harden. The reason I'd probably give the edge to Draymond is because James Harden was, you know, he got to the line 11 times. Look at his turnover. Jeez, yeah, five turn. That's about it's a little bit too much, but if it was like look eight. at the assist, yeah, he four four assists, yeah. four assists, five turnovers. No, he he. I mean, minus twenty two, right? They they bottled him up. It just felt like a lot of dudes had a crack at him. But I do agree, like that first start, uh, and it's, this is important, and this is what, like, we kind of wondered how they would play it when there's two playmakers from the perimeter. Wiggins is guarding one, and the other one got to be Steph because it ain't going to be Jordan Poole, right? So that that's what made this one interesting. It's like, okay, which one is Steph guarding, right? And then when they start Patty Mills, you kind of know, like, all right, Steph's got to go with Patty Mills because you're not putting them on Harden or KD to start. But that makes what Wiggins has to do that much more important because he's got to be the point man against James Harden. Um, and that – especially considering he's one of the the bucket getters it's a tiring thing to do but he's got to be locked in offensively too and this is you know this is not what you kind of write in with Wiggins like you could write it in with Clay you can't write this in with Wiggins but tonight he played defense you know he made I thought those shots at the end of the second quarter were huge they went into the half yeah. with a lead. Yeah, no. It, the two biggest parts of the game and Wiggins' game was, yeah, he they're down one and with a minute left, basically. He goes 3-3, three, three, including one at the buzzer, a right. deep one. And then he comes out of halftime. And, you know, you look at the tape. I put it in my postgame thing. I looked at basically four possessions in the early part of the third quarter because that's when they run away from the game. Yeah. It's Draymond reading a Patty Mills screen, telling Steph he's not switching, getting through the screen and getting back to contest uh, Durant. It was a, just an awesome defensive play. And then the next two possessions are Wiggins stoning Harden and at one point blocking his floater. And then the other time uh, he just he made Harden pass after you know one of those long Harden possessions where he's looking for a lane, looking for a foul, looking for this. And then there was at one point Wiggins actually got his fourth foul. 
Kerr kept him in the game for a couple minutes. He was still guarding Harden, hands up, and, and avoiding fouls while, while stoning his drives. That was after the second offensive foul, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. yeah, so, and, like, that was, um, you know, kind of the key to the game. And you mentioned you don't pencil this in with Wiggins. Like, I don't know, I've, maybe I feel like people might have forgotten about it, but, like, he had long stretches last season, not offensively. I still think he's an offensive question mark any night. But he had long stretches where it was, like, every night defensively he was taking us Wiggins Island, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, he, he can do this, man. Like, you, 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 but you just expect to sacrifice him. Oh, but I think because he's playing smarter – and aggressive, like you, you, you. When the last time you seen Wiggins take a ill-advised twenty-two footer? Like, he actually did take one tonight. Twenty-one. I was like, oh, that was bad. <laughs> he sure did. He just, he's kind of like cut that out of his game. Yeah. So they literally just basically said, we're going to take away your two best players. I mean, that's what the Warriors defense did. That we're going to take away your two best you players. You do that to Brooklyn, you win in by eighteen. No question. That because they they don't really have anything else, and like. But to me, with Draymond, you just knew that at some point, KD was going to take the game over. It's like, it's coming. He's rolling. He's shooting 57% from the field. Like, he's killing. He's going to take over. And he was rolling a little bit early. But it's like, with the way Steph was playing, kind of negating it, and then the Warriors came in, went into the half with the lead, despite the fact Brooklyn played well. It was like they were still trailing. It was like, all right. This feels like KD takeover. And Draymond was like, yeah, no. Nah, what was Durant's third quarter stats? I believe you tweeted oh, him out. 0 for 8, uh, 0 for 4, minus 17. Minus 17 for Kevin Durant playing all 12 minutes. Like, that is wild. I mean, part of it is, a, is, is a Brooklyn, right? It's like if you take off, the, you know, if you cut off the tip of the spear, like, they don't have anything else. Yeah, they're injured, too, right yeah, now. Again, yeah. uh, Harris is out. Obviously, Kyrie is yeah, obviously, not yeah. eligible. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and, again, I mean, I know you noted it. Seven of those minutes were without Curry on the floor. He, yeah. he gets his fourth foul on a play that – Steve Kerr was not happy about post game. He like dove at Blake Griffin's knees, yeah, like going like, for a loose ball be, with three fouls, diving between players' legs with three fouls. We got to be smarter. Yeah. <laughs> like shots. Steve feeling good this season, man. He's taking shots. He's like twenty two turnovers. JK slapping people's hands. What's going on? Like three fouls. I'm like you are twelve and two. You just blew out the East favorites. That's what I'm on saying. He loves court. he loves winning and having something to You're talking to, shit. After yeah, exactly. Having something to complain about in the film session. Like he's yeah. that's the perfect world for Steve Kerr. Win. And still get on their neck about something. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Look, stuff's just going extremely well for the Warriors right now. I mean, you, we were uh, watching Joe Lacob at times during this game. He's sitting courtside in the corner. With there was a, nobody feeling better. You, 
Do you think it's okay to, to, to let people know the, the guest that Joe Lacob was sitting by the entire second half? I mean, it was like literally in public. Like I know, I'm joking. People saw it. Yeah, no, Joe Lacob spent the second half sitting next to Stephen A. Smith and like living and dying on every play, you know, crossing the legs after a, a miss. Uh, and then he perked up when Jonathan Kaminga entered the game. Oh, Jonathan yes, Kaminga had that spin dunk. Listen, did you see that? He's like losing the ball. It's about to be a turnover. He picks it up, spins, and. Yo, you just don't. The Warriors don't have that. That that that's not. Something they do that. now. They do now. That's not. Hey, something this have. sounds like a conversation between Joe Lacob and Stephen A. Smith. I know. He right? goes, yeah. Wow, the Warriors don't have that. And goes, we do now. Here we go. Yeah. What do you yeah. think of that pick, Stephen? He's you know he um he's good, dude. Like he's Kaminga's good. Like he's got a lot to learn. He's super raw, but he's not raw in a sense that you can tell he he doesn't play. Like he play. He knows how to play basketball. Yeah, he's just, I mean, there's still, like, a, a freshness that, you know, I think NBA terminology and, like, you know, defensive rotations and, and the personnel of the league. Like film study and low tendencies and all that. Like Yeah, he, like, that isn't there. And, you know, you see him coming to the game. There were a couple of moments where, he, you know, Steph would have the ball and he's just coming over to ball screen. It, it felt a little like Wiseman last yeah, year yeah. where Wiseman would be like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I'm going to go ball screen. And they'd be, like, kind of waving them off. Like, no, man, like, you're supposed to, you know, don't you know the Iguodala role here? You go dunker spot. and um, So there was a lot of that. But, yeah, I mean, generally, look, with the ball in his hands, it's smooth. Touch at the rim is really good. Um, and the activity level is just getting better and better. I mean, he comes on the floor with six seconds left in the first quarter, first time he's been on the floor. Instantly. He, he came in to be a defensive replacement because yeah. the Warriors were shooting a free throw. But the Warriors missed the free throw, grabs the offensive rebound, like twisting put back. Yeah, hanging and in the air. And it was like, oh, okay, like, well, he's here. Bucket. Yeah, exactly. Huh? He, yeah, he was – He was. I mean, what did he play, 19 minutes? Yeah, you could just tell he's starting to get a little bit more aggressive. He made a uh, – one like really nice pass. I don't even remember if it was finished, but like he can do some things on the court. The only player I would say had a better night, like outside of the stuff out of the stars. The only player I would say had a better night is Otto Porter Jr. Man, <laughs> we're gonna go through the whole circus no, on pressure. We got it. Otto Porter was out here coming for James Harden's neck, and we were coming for we, my neck too. Yeah, or your, at the moment, neck. the moment you started like, "Hey man, Otto started to look." Uh. Well, so he came in and was, you know, I don't know what remember what the play was. He might have got driven by or like you know failed to get a rebound. And I was like, "Man, Otto, I told you, Otto Porter's been kind of looking a little stiff out there." Um, and I think I believe you kind of agree. No, I did me. agree. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he has. He <laughs> threw in the lat, the previous game. It's like, yeah, and we, I think we were just discussing a little bit also, like how you know this rotation looks so deep now. It's like you know maybe some of these auto porter minutes at times can go elsewhere. Kaminga, obviously, yeah, an you option. Always are watching like who's vulnerable, yeah. right? Just with when new guys are playing, what's like, all right, who's yeah, vulnerable? Yeah, like Belita right now is starting to look a little Ooh, bit more vulnerable, yeah. but you know, especially with Kaminga rising. Anyway, but as I was saying that, then. Over the next five minutes, Otto Porter proceeds to... I think I said... Remember they posted him? I'm like, what are they doing? They posted him up. This is when they also did like a Jonathan Kaminga like split cut action where yeah. he threw a turnover and it was like, well, this is not what like, this offense is supposed to be. Um, and then they posted Otto Porter and you were like, again, what are, yeah, what why, are they doing? Why, are they, why doing? are they trying to have Otto Porter go after James Harden right now? And then Otto Porter proceeded like four straight possessions just to take it to James Harden. He's just like, yo, this dude can't guard. He had a cross down the <laughs> middle. I'm like, this dude knows. 
know how to cross? It that was, was a wizard's auto port. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he was. He was completely going for him. He got up for a couple of blocks. You know, like he was up there contesting the shots. I don't know if he got he a block. A, he had a rebound power put back in like a flex. Yeah, it was flexing. Yeah, <laughs> this was the auto porter Porter has. Let me see. Porter was out here. I don't think the stat line is that good. Yeah, oh, what you mean? He had six rebounds. He had six points. He was plus 14. Plus 14, solid. He, he did play well. He did. This was his best game in, since really he had that, like, three flurry. Three offensive rebounds, three defense. Our reporter was out here. Our reporter was out here. Not, it was it was interesting just to see how aggressive he was. Like, it almost felt like he just didn't like James Harden. <laughs> he was just like, yo, I'm, this dude is not good. I'm about to take him. It was, just, it was so weird how he was just going at James Harden like that. Like, I mean, they game plan to go at dudes, but they don't do it like that. They, they're not saying, yo, Otto Porter getting here. We want you to take James Harden every I think time. Otto, it seemed like Otto might have called that in the That's huddle. what like, I'm saying. Mismatch. Like, Mismatch. Yeah, this wasn't the Steve Kerr thing. This is Otto like, listen, man, I, I got this dude. Let me take him. Oh, man. Otto, that was crazy. Look at, yeah, Bielitsa, uh continues to – been hit and miss with him you know i don't know that that to me is like with this whole rotation the way i see steve kirk kind of using it particularly you see who he closes with um on a lot of nights like the fourth and fifth spot of the closing lineups like who's been good has pool been good okay then he's in it if he hasn't he won't be bielitsa has closed a couple times because like you know particularly opening night he was really good but you know uh, quick question for you is this good that the warriors keep getting all these blowouts uh is this I mean, I think tonight was good. Um, I mean, that's the type of statement when you want to make a Brooklyn. I mean, the only way you could argue it's not good is if, like, you're wondering they need crunch time reps. And I think we have seen that a little bit, right? And a couple of their Memphis lost, the Charlotte lost. Um, they can get tight in crunch time. Defenses, you know, take more of a stranglehold in crunch time where if you blow a team out, they never get to the point where they feel like they have a desperate defensive yeah. possession. So, sure, they could use some more crunch time reps, but in general, having a net rating of, like, 15 and, like, dominating the league is, right. is pretty solid. They'll, they'll definitely take the one seed, right, if, yeah. it, if it ends up being like this. <laughs> like, yeah. if they can run to 67 wins, they they take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, especially because you get the second play-in team, basically. Um, but that's a long way Which away. Which would be Memphis. <laughs> oh, no. Never mind. Stop blowing teams out. You don't want Memphis. Uh, might be the Lakers. <laughs> it could be the Lakers. Um, yeah, anything else? I mean, like I said, I was going to kind of speed us through this. They got Cleveland and Detroit to end the road trip. Should be interesting games. Cleveland with no Evan Mobley. No Evan Mobley. Detroit with no uh, ability Chance. to win yeah, games. Yeah, no hope. Yeah. <laughs> so... So fourteen and two is very real possibility. Fourteen and two is very real, and I don't know, I, I don't know anybody. Joe Lacob was not calling fourteen and two. What are you talking about? He wasn't calling fourteen and two. Uh, and then you look. I mean, the Raptors are a good team, but they're coming. They're beatable. And they're good. They're coming. I mean, Raptors, Sixers, Blazers it's is the three game homestand. Yeah. Like that's three. You could lose any you of those three games. Those games, absolutely. You could, but you could also you could also win. <laughs> sure, seventeen and two is on the table. Also, like at this point, na- na- at, li- at this point, name a game on the schedule that's a guaranteed L. There really isn't. I mean, obviously, look, they're at Phoenix later that month. The Suns are playing I think really at good. Clippers is tough. I don't think it's it a is. guaranteed L, but yeah, I mean, at Clippers at Suns is their next like little two gamer. Yes, that's very tough. They're going to lose games within this stretch. They're not going to be nineteen and two, but look, they are twelve and two, and they. And they're to a point right now that 
there's not going to be a game they go into that they won't be more than like four. Like I think there were three or four point dogs today, which made sense. Like yeah, Brooklyn should probably be slightly favored, but yeah, you also were coming in like it's basically a toss up, and then the Warriors blew them out. So yeah, I, I do think when we talked about this, they really needed a good start. Like this is wonders for them. I mean, just wonders. Not just so they can be patient with guys like Wiseman and Clay. Well, I'm we. I, that is the last subject I need to mention. There was, you know, Kerr talk post game yeah. said on Monday, Clay Thompson first time five on five scrimmage is important. He also mentioned, look, that doesn't mean he's on an NBA court next week. This is going to be a slow ramp up process with his body. He was very cautious about saying, making sure he's not yeah. coming back next week. Yeah. Um, but Wiseman hasn't been cleared for five on five and. You know, we're talking two weeks ago. They said like cleared for full team activities, and then we thought that meant scrimmaging. And then they come up to the podium, and they're like, "Well, actually, we're going to keep holding you out of scrimmaging." And then it's like, "Well, that's not really full team activities." Then, and then now, like, what we're about ten days, fourteen days from that, still not cleared for team activities. They're very adamant it's not any type of setback. He's structurally everything's fine. But Steve Kerr brought up Jaron Jackson tonight, unprompted, and Jaron Jackson last season. Yeah. It you know he he took a little bit longer than people were thinking. I think it ended up being around eight months, you know, from meniscus tear to return, um, because apparently again I'm not a, a doctor on this, but this is a delicate injury to return from, and it's very give and take day to day. And look, it's just notable. James Wiseman still has not been cleared for five on five, and Clay Thompson has. Yeah, I think that's kind of important. I do think that's important, uh, but. I, I wonder how much of this is because there's no rush. They, they don't. They just don't have to do it. This is what twelve and two gets you. It buys you patience, uh, and also whenever they bring them back, it's going to be difficult, <laughs> right? Like it, it does have a chance to kind of not mess up the chemistry, but alter it in a way, right? Now you got to figure out what he's going to do. I mean, Steph pointed out that like, tonight, like they played twelve guys and they still got two guys who are going to play. So they're able to kind of delay this in a way. And what's what's so interesting, this is what makes Kaminga interesting. Some of those things that Wiseman would bring to the table, Kaminga's bringing them. So it really makes you want to be patient with it. To me, yeah, this start was, I know people are going to go crazy about Clay doing 505. I don't know who he was playing 505 with. That that would kind of Mikey Thompson, probably. (laughs) But... The fact that they're twelve and two is setting the table, like for this to line up and match out perfectly, right? This and this will kind of look. I didn't think they would be this good, but I was like, listen, if things break well, they're a three, three, four seed, right? And it's so far breaking really well, Perfect. right? Like it's breaking perfectly. The league is too, because the league like nothing impressive was going on in the West. Absolutely. So they're already what three games up on the four seed, so. Jeez, it's looking for. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of basketball left to play. A lot of stuff can happen, but you just can't ask for a better start than this. No doubt. All right, uh, Marcus, thank you for coming on half the road trip. Uh, I don't think you're doing Cleveland, Detroit. So I will probably do one podcast for those two. It might even be a solo one. Jeez, come on, man! All, all, all eighty-two, maybe eighty-two. Maybe. All right, uh, we will talk to you at some point in the future. Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.